and amen. All right, all right. So take your Bibles, turn to the book of Proverbs chapter 16. The book of Proverbs chapter 16. And uh, we'll get to the text here in just a moment. We're looking at three things a Christian must do, or we could say should do, uh, but I would say must do if we want to be used of God and to uh, experience the blessings of, of, of being saved and, and being a child of God. And uh, with that said, you know, sometimes we, we hear the phrase, you know, you're your worst enemy, your own worst enemy. And I believe that's true. Sometimes as Christians, we can be our worst enemy, can't we? You know, and um, uh, I think it was D.L. Moody, I think, that once said that the person that he struggles with the most is D.L. Moody. That's the way he put it, you know. And I think we all can identify with that. And, of course, we understand that really the bottom line is, is even though we're saved, we still have this, this flesh, this tabernacle, and, and our, our flesh is, is weak, and sometimes our flesh fails us. And, and uh, in other words, we know the Bible teaches us that we're not to yield to the flesh, but, but sometimes we do, and, and that's just a, a battle that we'll have until we get our glorified bodies someday. Um, and uh, when we uh, do yield to the flesh, it always uh, it causes problems. In other words, uh, usually things will end up, uh, uh, usually when we talk about yielding to the flesh, we're our actions, but, but really most of the time it's our words uh, that become unchristlike. And the book of Proverbs has a lot to say about uh, the things that we do say, and we'll, we'll look at those verses of Scripture again tonight. And uh, also, you know, when I think about the, the flesh, I think of the fruit of the Spirit, and, and uh, one of the descriptions of the fruit of the Spirit is long-suffering. You know, uh, and what this, the, the context there isn't talking about just putting up with things in general, but I believe it's specifically talking about long-suffering again with others. You know, our if you stop and think about it, our struggles in life are almost always I want to say this again, almost always connected to people. Our struggles in life are almost always connected to someone else. There's some, somebody isn't doing something, you know, the way we think it should be done. And so that's, there's usually that connection, I would say, the vast majority of the time. Uh, and so God teaches us throughout the Bible even that we have to respond to others with long-suffering. Uh, and certainly God does that with us, doesn't he? Amen. And long-suffering, by the way, it's, only, it's easy to be long-suffering with people that treat you right. <laughs> what I'm saying is we can never exercise long-suffering uh, with people that do what we like and people that we get along with. Uh, uh, to be able to practice long-suffering, it's, it's, it's going to come out when dealing with, with, with people. In other words, difficult people or people maybe that you're not understanding and so forth. And so... Uh, you know, sometimes we hear that phrase, you know, sticking your foot in your mouth. And, uh, boy, I've, you know, I've done that, uh, eating crow, what have you, you know. And, uh, uh, and so sometimes we do, we do stick our foot in our mouth. Uh, and usually it's by, because we've responded from the flesh. And, and when we respond from the flesh, sometimes we say hurtful things or say the wrong things. And, and we've talked about this, how we can take a bad situation, even though it might not have been our fault, but we can take a bad situation, but our reaction has turned it into a horrifying situation because of our reaction and the way we responded to it. And certainly that's something that we're all susceptible to. 
But I believe that the, the answer, and, and really I would say the cure uh, to, to all of that is really found in our text tonight and these three things that Christians must do. And we're going to look at these three things uh, here in just a moment. In other words, if, you know, three things a Christian needs to do if we're going to respond to difficult situations, if we're going to respond to difficult people in life correctly, I believe these are three things that we need to do. And so I'm going to ask you, I tell you what, for time's sake, we'll just, we'll just jump right into this tonight. We'll take it one at a time. Uh, so let's look at number one here. A Christian must seek wisdom and righteousness. And we might just put in parentheses there daily. We must seek wisdom and righteousness. Look at uh, chapter 16, verse 16. We'll look at verse 16 and 17. So look at Proverbs, chapter 16, beginning with verse 16. Notice what it says, How much better is it to get wisdom than gold, and to get understanding rather to be chosen than silver? Verse 17 says, The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. He that keepeth his way preserveth his soul. And so we'll talk about this uh, verse 16 first here, uh, talking about wisdom and, and understanding. You know, we've talked about happiness and success, or I should say Solomon has talked about happiness and success throughout the book of Proverbs, of course inspired by God. And we know that happiness and success shouldn't be, as Christians, it shouldn't be measured materialistically. In other words, some people uh, look at what they have, and that's the... That's the measure of their happiness and success. Um, many believe that riches will bring them success and happiness, and certainly that's not the case. Um, and Solomon certainly has spoke on this in detail, uh, but he, again, he's reminding of these things and things that we need to understand. And, and when we're only focused on wealth, if we're only focused on, you know, I say this from time to time, the American dream, when we're only focused on those materialistic things, uh, listen, we can lose sight of a lot of things that are really important, things that really matter, things that have spiritual significance, things that have eternal significance even. even. And a lot of times we're neglecting those things that have eternal significance for things that, that are just going to be here like a vapor and they're going to be gone tomorrow. And that's always sad when we do that. Uh, because uh, a lot of the things, when we, we, we focus on materialistic things, we lose sight of the, the things that really matter. Uh, and, and so those things that we're so focused on, they're actually robbing us uh, of a lot of things, robbing us of things that matter in life. But even more than that, they leave us a certain way. They, they cause us to react in ways that we probably shouldn't react. And what I'm saying is if we can only be happy by what this world offers, then, then really we're never going to truly be happy. Solomon, you know, um, you know, everybody in here would probably think, you know, if I could just be, do, and have whatever I wanted to be, do, and have, I would have to be happy, right? Well, Solomon, he could be, do, or have, or anything that Solomon wanted, he could have. Anything he wanted to try, he could try. Anything he wanted to do, he could do. Nothing would stop him. He had more, arguably, than anybody even today as far as the world's concerned. But he tells us in the book of Ecclesiastes, it was all vanity. It wasn't worth anything. And so we know that doesn't work, uh, but yet people are still chasing those types of things. And I believe that's why a lot of people, even believers, uh, are not happy and they continue to make decisions that only add to their, their heartache. But if we seek the wisdom and righteousness of God, material things... 
I'm not saying material things aren't important, but they're not the most important. They're maybe not even second, not even third even, uh, when it comes down to things that are really important in life. But the Bible, no doubt, says the wisdom of God is, is more valuable than gold. It's, it's more valuable than any materialistic thing we could think of. And that really understanding, what that's that talking about understanding, is just simply talking about understanding life is far more valuable than, than silver. And there's a lot of people that really don't understand what life should be all about. And of course, it's connected to what we do with Christ. And so righteousness keeps us on the right road. <laughs> Uh, the, we see there in verse 17 again, the highway of the upright is depart from evil. Um, the right road means that, what's that talking about? That's not talking about just having some type of moral compass. Uh, uh, certainly it would include that, but the right road, listen, if, if we don't make Scripture paramount in our lives, we will not be on the right road. A lot of people are trying to do things, but it's not... It's not biblical, amen? It might be good, it might be fun, it might give you a fuzzy feeling, it might put a smile on your face. But listen, if it's not biblical, it's, it's not the right road, amen? And so material things, those type, listen, uh, Scripture, not the flesh, has to be the ruler of your life and actions. Your preacher says oftentimes, when we make decisions, we always need to filter it through Scripture. Why did Job... You know, why, why did, you know, we, we think about patience and long-suffering. Why, why, did, why did Job have the patience of Job, you know? And we find the answer uh, uh, to that in the very first verse of the book of Job, chapter 1, verse 1. I have it here, but it's speaking of Job. It says that, speaking of Job, that he feared God and eschewed evil. That's why he was long-suffering, you see. And only those uh, who do not fear God and, and do not steer clear of evil, in other words, they don't make provisions for the flesh, uh, when we don't do that, you're going to react to the failure of others from the flesh. And so God help us to seek the wisdom and righteousness of God. So a Christian must seek wisdom and righteousness daily. Number two, we have to resist prideful behavior. You know, there are some people who are convinced that they're humble when they're really not. There's some people that would never admit to being proud, but they are proud. Maybe not in the way that, that we would think, but uh, we go back up to verse 5 just to refresh our memory of how God feels about the proud. Look at uh, Proverbs uh, chapter 16, verse 5. We've already went through this, but I just want to remind you. It says, everyone that is proud in heart is a what to the Lord? Amen. That's pretty serious language, isn't it? Does God hate pride? Yeah, he calls it an abomination. That's pretty bad. What else does he call an abomination? You see what I'm saying? That's how wicked it is. It's up there with those. And so pride is something that we want to uh, stay away from. Look at verse 18 and 19, back to our text. Uh, Proverbs 16, 18 and 19. Pride goeth before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Uh, better it is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. And certainly that is true. We've had these similar verses already. So we'll, we'll focus mostly there on verse 18 tonight for time's sake. Um, we've looked at other verses and explored why it's better to be poor and right with God than be rich and not right with God. Certainly that makes sense. But pride, as we see here, uh, certainly tells us that, that pride can bring a man, can bring a man or a woman to destruction. It's, in other words, to his or hers downfall. Uh, what was the downfall of Lucifer? Pride, amen. That was the original sin, was pride. 
And so pride, what's pride? Pride's all about self. That's what pride is. Um, you know, how I feel matters. How I feel is more important than anything else. How I feel at this moment in time. That's, hey, listen, that's pride. And we notice that word haughty in verse 18. Um, and this has to do with people not being able to hold their tongue. Um, in other words, there's just, there's just some people cannot resist responding to something that displeases them. And so they always lash back. They always say hurtful things. Um, uh, those that feel, you know, we've said it before, some, for some reason we always think everybody's interested in our two cents. <laughs> Amen? Everybody, all of a sudden, everybody should, hey, hey, everybody needs to know my opinion on this thing <laughs> and how I feel. And uh, certainly that's, that's not true. Uh, and so, again, we don't want to have that, that haughty spirit. That's, you know, hey, li listen to me. This is what I got to say. This is how I feel. That's being haughty. That's with a haughty mind. Speak, hey, listen, speak in your mind. Amen. You know, a lot of people make a big deal out of that. Well, I just speak my mind. Well, you need to read your Bible. Amen. Hey. We need, to, we need to get back to humility and those, you know, a lot of things don't, don't have to be said, don't need to be said. Uh, so why do people do that? Why do people have to, have to say what's on their mind? They have to say what's on their mind because they have a high opinion of themselves. You know, that, hey, I'm right, everybody else is wrong. And that's bullish. That's, that's arrogance. And they're so focused on self that, that even giving God a bad name doesn't even cross their mind. Just they're going to say what's on their mind, their haughty mind. So number one, a Christian must do, we must, uh, a Christian must seek God's wisdom and righteousness. And number two, a good Christian must resist prideful behavior, that haughty spirit. Then number three, a Christian must trust the wisdom of the Lord. You know, sometimes we may feel that our situation uh, is beyond these simple yet profound truths in the Bible. You know, a lot of people, maybe the, the what we might call the higher intellect, they kind of look at these things and say, well, yeah, that'll work for the simple-minded, but my life is a lot more complicated and there's much more to my life and, you know, the dynamics and, you know, same story, nobody's ever going through what I'm going through. Nobody's ever had it as bad as I've had it. You know, that's, that's kind of our, our uh, uh, situation sometimes. And we might think that these simple things, even that we've looked at tonight, but all the way through this study, might not really be what we need. In other words, you know, we have the tendency to think, well, preacher, that's all good for you, but I need something else besides Scripture. You know, and I've had people say that. You know, this preacher, this ain't about the Bible. This is about real life. I had somebody tell me that one time. Supposedly a Christian. And I just looked at them. I don't even want to say he or she, but I just looked at them and, and I, just, I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> you can't get more real than God's word, <laughs> right? <laughs> but that's what we do sometimes. And, and we have to wonder, why, why is it that we sometimes don't believe we read a verse of Scripture, and we know in our heart that it's speaking to our heart, but we kick it out real quick and say, well, that's, that's, that's not going to work for me. Why do we do that? I'm guilty of it. And I'll tell you why we do it. Uh, one of the reasons could be that we don't obey it enough to really see it work. You see, sometimes people don't really put Scripture to the test. You know, if, if hey, listen, 
Uh, if uh, you guys have heard me say this in different ways, but it's so true, it's it's profound, and it's it's a very powerful yet true statement. Hey, listen, if you can't obey God in the smallest matters of Scripture, you're going to have a hard time seeing how Scripture is going to help you with the big problems. Amen. You see, some of us take things that are written in the Scripture when it has to do with separation, when it has to do with things that we ought do and ought not do, but yet we still do those things. We're, we're resisting Scripture. We're not obeying Scripture. And then we read how, how God can move mountains and how prayer really changes things, and we wonder why we don't have that. Well, listen, hey, listen, if you can't obey God in the little things, you'll never obey Him in the big things. Amen. So again, trust the wisdom of the Lord, amen? Even in the smallest matters, trust the wisdom of the Lord. You say, come on, preacher. Can the, can the Word of God really help me with the problems that I have? And maybe you're thinking, you, preacher, you just don't realize the, the things that I'm struggling. Preacher, if, if you had to work with that bunch that I have to work with, if you had to be around that person, if you was married to who I was married to, Amen? Preacher, you just don't understand the severity of the situation that I'm in. And preacher, you just want to get up here and, and, and preach your little Bible and preach your words and, and think that that's going to change my life? Yeah, that's what I believe. <laughs> Amen. That's what I believe. And I'm sorry if you don't believe that. Amen. And, and by the way, you're right. I don't know how you feel. I don't know what you're going through. But God does. Amen? I'm not claiming to know it all, but I claim to know the one who does know it all, and I'm telling you, it's in the book. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. All Scripture. All of it. And you can trust what the Bible says, amen? And maybe your life experiences are telling you something opposite, but I'm here to tell you what you think and what you think you know and what you think you don't know and what you think is important and what you think is not important. It doesn't make a flip. It only matters what God says, amen? There's that pride thing again, you see. So you can trust the wisdom of the Lord. The wisdom of the Lord is the Bible. You guys have heard me say this. Your attitude towards the Word of God tonight is your attitude towards God Himself. Amen. If you think little of this, you think little of God tonight. Amen. Because this is the Word of God. Amen. Look at verse 20. Look at verse 20 with all this in mind. He that handleth a matter wisely shall find good. And whoso trusteth in the Lord, what is he? What's it say? Happy. You know, one of the great tragedies in Christendom today is unhappy Christians. Amen. We ought to be the happiest people on the planet. You know, you know lost people sometimes look at a Christian and go, man, if that's being a Christian, <laughs> that don't look very much fun to me. Verse 21, The wise in heart shall be called prudent, and the sweetness of the lips increaseth learning. These are wonderful, wonderful verses that we're looking at right here. 
Look at verse 22. Understanding, again, in the realm of Scripture, in the realm of God, understanding is a wellspring of life unto him that hath it. Whoo! But the instruction of fools is folly. 23. The heart of the wise teacheth his mouth. There we are, back to, hey, listen, if we're spouting off at the mouth, you've got a heart problem. The heart of the wise teacheth his mouth, control and addeth learning to his lips. Pleasant words. Boy, if there's ever a day we needed pleasant words, amen? Pleasant words are as in a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. I am convinced that a lot of our spiritual struggles in life manifest themselves in a lot of the physical issues we have in life. I, I can't prove that other than that I believe the Bible teaches us that. And that's another message. But these verses reveal that we can truly trust what God says. That scripture applied is good medicine. Scripture applied will work in your life tonight. Scripture applied has the answer to whatever you're facing tonight. Scripture applied will help you through that struggle, that heartbreak, that sadness. You don't have to turn to the, to the worldly books. You don't have to turn to the worldly TV or the worldly music. You can turn to the Bible. It's good medicine. Amen. That's good stuff. And I praise the Lord for that. And it really works. And you can respond to the situations in life, to difficult people with kind words, not hurtful words. Hey, listen, it works. You'll prosper. You'll be, you'll be blessed. That's a Christ-like heart. We want to be controlled by the Spirit and not the flesh. Amen? And the Bible has a lot to do with that. And it really works. And everybody in here, if you're saved tonight, hey, listen, if you're saved tonight, you have just as much God in you as anybody does. It's really a matter of, matter of, of you know, it's, it, how, how, much, you know, how much does God have of you, amen? I mean, how much are you yielding to him? Instead of getting sideways, everything, every time something doesn't go your way, hey, listen, you've you got a pride problem. And your words can be nourishing, they can be comforting, they can be encouraging, they can be helpful. Hey, listen, all those things work. Boy, sometimes I'm guilty of this, you know, uh, you know, I've said this before. You ever get in a mood? <laughs> I get in a mood. You know, a lot of times we always talk about women, how they get in moods. Men get in moods too, amen. I know, because I are one. I'm, I'm as moody as they come sometimes, amen. So we all know we get in a mood, don't we? Um, that's not good. That's a work of the flesh. And we get in those moods. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves, and when I say ourselves, we find our words, the things we're saying, hurting people instead of helping people. Check yourself. Check yourself right then and there. There's a problem. Instead of uplifting people, we find ourselves wanting to tear people down. Instead of causing happiness, we want to cause sadness. A soft answer. Amen. You know, our words can be like water that douses a flame, or our words can be like throwing gasoline on a, frame, on a flame. Hey, listen, we can do what God says. 
sometimes I think we really need to ask ourselves the question, you know, especially our usual course of action to difficult things and difficult people, how is it that I always respond? And I've said this before, you know, if, if, if I'm going in, and there's been times in my career where I've gone in and, and uh, trying to get a good job, and, and I put on nice clothes and, and studied up on the, the field that I was in. I wanted to be able to answer those questions. I wanted to look professional. I wanted to set up straight. You know, I wanted to look uh, clean and crisp. And In other words, I, I, there were certain times in my life when I knew how to act knew how to act but that's not really who we are folks who we are isn't how we act who we really are is how we react that's the real you and I don't know about you but that really steps on my toes up here tonight you know and we get to feeling high about or say hey we can act can't we we can act a certain way but what God does sometimes is he says, see how you're reacting? That's really where you're at. I don't know about you, but that's humbling, isn't it? A little convicting. I know it is for me. I, man, I fail. I'm the worst Christian I know. Verse 25. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end, there, uh, or, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And again, we're running out of time. Let me just say about that verse Sometimes we just need to drop the pride. The pri you know, sometimes we're, sometimes we're trying to prove an unprovable point. And sometimes we just need to simply admit that I don't have it right. Sometimes we just need to simply say, I am wrong. I am wrong. And that would go a long ways with the Lord, by the way. Amen. And in verse 26, we'll hurry along. He that laboreth, laboreth for himself. For his mouth craveth it of him. I'll be honest, this is one of those verses often in the book of Proverbs that I kind of elude the, the whole understanding. But, but what I've learned and gleaning from others, I believe I, I got a pretty good understanding. When we think about laboring, we's talking, we're talking about working. We're still talking about motivation. Um, in other words, hard work. Let's look at laboreth. It says, uh, uh, he that laboreth, laboreth for himself. And I don't think that's necessarily meant to be good or evil. The Bible says if you don't work, you ought not eat. So we work to eat. We're working for ourselves. Amen. We work to pay our bills. That's how you're supposed to do it, right? Right? <laughs> and so hard work, um, certainly there's motivations for that. Um, but sometimes our motivations aren't exactly right. Um, verse 26, I believe, is saying that just from a practical point of view, our hunger is our desire to work. I believe that's what the mouth craveth. I believe that has, is what he's saying there. Our flesh gets hungry for food, so we work to feed it. That's completely natural. There's nothing evil about that. But I will say this, spiritually speaking, we can be hungry for the wrong things. And when we're hungry for the wrong things, that always leads to the wrong desires. And that will always bring unhappiness in your life. And if you, desire, uh, if you desire to respond correctly with difficult situations and, 
and difficult people, in other words, you don't want to handle it with hurtful ways, but you find yourself doing that, I'm just trying to get you to understand that your hunger in life is misdirected. <laughs> you're, not, you're not understanding some things. And that could be a message in and of itself. But I think for tonight, maybe what God would just challenge us all with is, you know, again, I go back to that thing, you know, how am I reacting to things? Not how to act, but how I react. You know, what is it? What is, what is the hunger that I really have? Is that hunger misdirected? We're only human, and we make mistakes every day. Still got about three or four hours before I have to be in bed tonight, and I guarantee I'll blow it probably several more times before the night's over in some way. So we're all, we're all human beings. We all make mistakes. So I'm not talking about living the perfect righteous life and man alive as much opportunity as I have to talk to people and get up in front of, you know, dozens of people at a time and, and say things. I know I say the wrong things. I have to. You know, the, the, the odds are just too great. So I'm not talking about being perfect. We're only human and we make mistakes. When we make those mistakes, we need to, we need to call them and say, hey, I, I messed up. And we need to take care of them. But we need to ask God to help us to put these three things in our life. Number one, Seek wisdom and righteousness because, listen, if we don't have the wisdom and righteousness, the understanding of life, we will always respond to difficult situations in the flesh. You'll do that every time. We need to resist prideful behavior. What pride does is it blinds us from seeing the need to be Christ-like. It blinds us from seeing that, hey, I'm in the wrong. We don't want to be that way. Resist prideful behavior. And as we end it there, trust the wisdom of God. Amen. Listen, if you do what the Bible... I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not even saying it's pleasant to always do what the Bible says. But if you do what the Bible says, it'll work, it'll work, it'll work. Amen. Hey, listen, we're either trusting God tonight or we're not. We're either trusting Him or we're not. So let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed and... If God's speaking to your heart tonight in any way, Wednesday night, you know, probably could be that everyone here tonight is saved, but I don't know your heart. God does. And if you're not saved tonight, if you're trusting anything other than the shed blood of Christ to get you to heaven, I just encourage you to come down here and get my attention, and we'll take the Word of God and to show you from the Bible what it means to be saved, to be born again, to trust Christ as your Savior, plus or minus.